Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. Are you ready? Did you know there's even more than just this podcast? Go check out my website, houseplant-homebody.com for even more and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And as I'm sure you already know, each podcast episode has a corresponding blog post on my website, so make sure you check that out. And do not forget to rate, review this podcast, and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing so more plant people just like you can find my podcast and social media. You can even help support your favorite podcast, blog, and social media by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you really just can't get enough, I send out a bi-monthly newsletter on the first of every other month, also with exclusive content and some updates on what's happened the previous couple months. All right, let's get into it. Today's topic is about one of my favorite plants, which is the canna lily. Canna lilies are one of those that you don't normally think of as a house plant, and I don't necessarily think of it as a house plant either. So I'm mostly going to be talking about these canna lilies as plants that you can't have indoors, but they thrive and do their absolute best when you move them outside during peak season or summertime. So canna lilies are beautiful and make a huge impact when they are moved out to your patio. Sometimes they're a little bit less full and not so brilliant inside from my experience. Although I have only moved them inside in the winter, I haven't tried to grow them during the summer inside myself. But they have the most brilliant flowers and some really fun foliage depending on the varieties that you're choosing too. So the Latin name or the botanical name for canna lilies, the genus is canna. I'll put it that way. There is a ton of different varieties out there. A couple different Latin names that came up were Canna ex generalis or Canna indica. So I think the Canna ex generalis is the majority of probably what you're seeing in nurseries and stuff like that because they're super cultivated. But that's just a little backstory. I'm not going to go into a ton of variety. I do know there's a like rights reserved for a brand called Tropicana, which is a really fun type of canna lily out there that has high veining in the leaves with a bunch of different colors, but that is like the only brand canna lily that I am fully aware of. Other than that, it just depends on the kind of color you're getting, really. That's what you're paying attention to more than the name, at least in my experience with it and working at the garden center. We didn't really look at the name. We were just looking for the color or if they named it with a certain color, sure, but we were mostly paying attention to the foliage and the flower color. So let's just dive right into it. So sun requirements, these do need direct sunlight. So again, I would consider this more of a patio plant, not necessarily a house plant. So if you're using this as a house plant, you need to have it in as bright of a window as possible. So if you have a south window, that's great. West or east window, sure, that can work, but you're really probably not going to get a good chance of getting as many flowers. The foliage isn't going to be really full or anything like that. If you really want this plant to produce to its fullest extent, you're going to be moving it outside anyways. More than likely, that's what I think 99.9% of the people that I have seen that have cannolis do with them. So direct sunlight is totally fine. So if you have any position around your house, they will be totally fine that way. They will be super happy. If you have partial shade, that's okay too, or like 
some sunlight, but then it goes into shade, that's okay. But they need at least around four hours of direct sunlight to be thriving. Now, there is another side to this plant of in the winter, and I'm already going to dive into it right here simply because it has to do with the sun requirement. So, obviously, I'm talking peak season is direct sunlight. And by peak season, I mean like we're talking maybe March through whenever it starts to get cold, at least for here in the Midwest. It's like about beginning of October, end of September that I start moving plants in usually, maybe middle of September. Um, but in the winter, you have a couple options. And I've always done one thing, but there is an alternate way to have cannolis through the winter. So, what I usually do is I usually just bring them inside and I still put them in front of a south window and I just let them ride it out and I do water them. I don't water them as much as I would if they were outside, but I do water them and their foliage still keeps producing throughout the winter. It's just significantly less and it's not very full. I always have spider mite problems with them just because it's super dry in the house and everything and I don't really maintain them that well because I know how well they come back when I move them outside. So, I leave them just up. If foliage dies back, I just cut it off and that's how it goes. Now, the alternate to that is if you don't want a giant plant taking up a lot of space in your house, you can actually dig up the bulb. It's commonly called bulb, but it's actually a rhizome. So, if you're ever talking to someone, you can name that little fact for you. <laughs> um, so, you would dig up the rhizomes and you could store them in a cool, dark place. And you wouldn't even have to worry about putting them in front of a window. And the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm wondering why I haven't done that. Because I've done that with Caladium before and it's worked out good in the past. Um, I should probably try that next winter. Because I have three pretty big canna lilies. Um, anywho, so those are your two options. You can keep them as houseplants and I would still keep them in as a bright of window as possible. I know winter gets rough with less sunlight, but still as bright of a window as possible. Or you just dig up the rhizomes, like put them in a baggie or whatever you want to do, store them in some kind of container even, and put them in a cool, dry area. And then pull them out like you would a caladium bulb or an elephant ear bulb and pull them out around March and start watering them again and they'll pop back up. Those are your options and it depends on what you want to do. So for sunlight requirements, obviously peak season, direct sunlight, or as much sunlight as you possibly can. And then in winter, depends on if you're keeping it up or you're digging them up. So, that's the sun requirements. Okay, water requirements. These guys like a lot of moisture to the point where they can live by sitting in ponds and just water features, literally. I've seen them at Chicago Botanical. Is it Chicago? Yes. Chicago Botanical sitting in their water feature, like almost right at their entrance. Almost every summer, there's usually water lilies and canna lilies sitting in there. So, canna lilies love a lot of moisture and thrive on a lot of moisture. So, that being said, high to medium moisture is great for them. If you're not giving them as much moisture as they need, the edge of the leaves will brown. That's kind of how you can gauge if they are getting enough moisture. I don't think you really have to worry about 
overwatering too much when it's outside unless you have like a non-draining pot or something simply because they can sit in water and be okay. So I don't think that's going to be as much of an issue, you know? It's a matter of making sure you're watering enough. So that was always my problem outside and inside. So inside, I still have a problem with underwatering them. And then outside, I always had a problem underwatering them because I always had them in as much sunlight I possibly could. So they dry out a lot faster because it was so much warmer outside. So as much moisture as you can give them, that's great. If you have a pond and you want to put them in there, go for it. That would be a great feature to have they would just thrive in there. And then that way you wouldn't really be watering. (laughs) They would be getting watered anyways. If you wanted to create a water feature with like a giant bucket or something with them and have like a little tiny running fountain, like go for it. You could do it with that too. Um, I just keep it in a pot and I water it as much as I remember. So I didn't even water it as much as I probably could have. And the plant still like triples, quadruples in size by like the beginning of the summer, once you move outside, they grow so big, even with not providing as much water as they need, they still get really big. So I would say this plant is medium to high moisture. If you're having it as an indoor plant, I wouldn't necessarily keep it sitting, sitting in water, or at least keep that top layer of soil constantly soaked, because then you're probably going to have a fungus net issue and you don't want that. So I would water when the first layer of soil is dry. That way you're not necessarily causing that to happen on that top layer of soil in your cannolis indoors. You could also bottom water for these. That might be a really good idea and a healthy idea since they do need a lot more moisture. So as an indoor plant, keep that in mind. Now, I would definitely, if you can, as an indoor plant, raise the humidity for these. If you're keeping them in a south window somewhere, trying to mimic the outdoor environment you would have moved them to is best. Obviously, I don't do that simply because these plants are just moved inside to be protected from the winter and then moved directly back outside. That being said, because I don't do that, they're always infested with spider mites. I treat occasionally it's not necessarily killing the plants. It's just making them not look as great. So I know they'll be okay (laughs) with the spider mites they do have, but because the lack of humidity and such dry air, they are getting spider mites and they are prone to that. So if you're keeping these as a houseplant, increasing humidity is definitely going to benefit them to one, prevent the spider mites and two, produce a fuller foliage and maybe produce the flowers. Okay. Moral of the story, high moisture, medium moisture in general. Okay, moving on to fertilizer, propagation, and other facts. Okay, so for fertilizer, I would treat this as an annual if you are moving it outside. So sometimes people have different fertilizer for their flowers outside versus their houseplants, for example, or their annuals versus houseplants. So for me, I don't really, um, and I don't necessarily fertilize as much as I probably should for the annuals. But if you do fertilize more often and you use like a a water-soluble fertilizer or something like that on your annuals, I would use the same thing on the canna lilies. Now, if you want to keep it consistent, you can simply use whatever you use for your houseplants. So 
I, when I still do fertilize my plants outside, I use the same thing. I still use my Fox Farms Grow Big liquid fertilizer and I fertilize about every two weeks. I probably fertilize my plants outside less since they just like last, you know, they don't last as long for me. So I just don't do it. Um, but you can fertilize every two weeks, which is what my fertilizer says every one week. So depends on what fertilizer you're using, obviously, and depends on what you prefer, but you can fertilize these more since they are super heavy, fast growers and the blooms are super active too. I'm not saying use a more concentrated fertilizer or use above what it's recommending, but I'm saying use something that is more fitted for a blooming plant, if that makes sense. So that's going to be something that has that composition of fertilizers usually with three numbers. That middle number that's higher, that's what you want to be fertilizing for a candle lily. Okay, so for propagation, the best thing to do is dividing. Not necessarily just like straight up dividing like a hosta, cutting it down the middle, but maybe paying attention to the rhizomes by digging them up. So making sure that you have... Uh, both of the divided sides or the different bulbs you're pulling off of the main rhizome have multiple, each have a shoot where leaves would produce off of it and it's called like an eye. So as long as each section has an eye to it, new foliage should grow from each of those and you should have a new plant by that rhizome or that bulb you pulled off. And that's really the only way to propagate it in a household like this. So you would be dividing, kind of. <laughs> okay, and moving on to the other facts. These are part of the Canaceae family, which, I mean, I think is hilarious. These names are the easiest names to pronounce <laughs> for these plants. Um, most commonly found in southern North America, so like your tropical regions in North America, and South America, I also want to point out that these are hardy in zone 7 to 10. So if you are at a zone 7 or above, you can leave them planted outside as a bulb like you would around at least the Midwest, like a tulip or an iris or something like that. An iris is probably the closest thing in my mind to what it looks like, just a crap ton bigger. <laughs> So that's kind of the perspective of where they're good for outside. Obviously, in the colder climates, six and below, th these are USDA zones. I should point that out. We have the hardiness zones. And I know there's different hardiness zones throughout the world, but I'm just directly talking about the USDA hardiness zones. But um, for six and below, that's when you would want to dig them up and keep them over winter. Okay, I wanted to continue talking about the lovely foliage and flowers because I just had a couple more details I wanted to go over. I know we went over it a little bit, but foliage ranges actually in several colors. So you can find it in greens, reds, bronze, kind of like a combination of the orange and reds and greens. Just it totally depends on the variety you get. So for example, I have two that just have plain green foliage and then I have one that has green foliage with red variegation or like a dark red stripe going down it. It's, I love it. It's so cool. It's kind of similar to what like a banana musa red looks like. 
if you don't know what that is, sorry. But it just basically has red stripes going through it in a way. Um, so that's really pretty. But I do know that those Tropicana type ones have really, really deeply veined, not deeply veined, the veins are very vivid because they're kind of a different color than the actual foliage. And the foliage is a really bright color. It's almost like a flower by itself. So brilliant. Speaking of, the flowers are insanely brilliant too. So those usually range from like a, an orange, red, yellow combination, but they do come in the pinks and whites sometimes and they can be combined. So mine that has the red variegation has the red and the yellow flower combined. You can see it on the blog post when I do post that. So check that out if you really want to see what it looks like. It's so pretty. I also wanted to note that if you want to keep the flowers blooming continuously, you can trim them off and it will encourage more flowers. They do kind of continuously bloom all throughout the summer, even if you don't cut off the dead flowers, but it'll just produce them faster because the energy goes back into the exact flower it needs to be focusing on. Also, if you get freaked out by what's left over after the flower, it looks like giant like bulbs are left over after the flower. Those are just kind of the, the seed pockets, I guess. And you can cut those off too to encourage new growth. Um, but that that is where the, the flower just came from. I also wanted to point out that flowers come from the middle of the leaves so you'll start to see what looks like new leaves growing up in the middle and all of a sudden it kind of opens into multiple pointy looking kind of, um, oh, I don't know, like cone-shaped points sticking up that are colored. I'm going to actually post a picture of that too because I have before it blooms because it kind of looks cool even before it blooms too because I can still see the color of my flowers at least. So wanted to point that out too. And another fun fact, if you needed one more reason to be convinced to buy these, is that cannolis do attract hummingbirds. So I just want to point that out too. I'd love to know what you guys think about cannolis. If you've had cannolis before or not, or if you use them as houseplants, or you would never use them as houseplants, but just as patio plants. If you've seen them around, I want you to go to my Instagram or Facebook post about cannolis on Tuesday the 26th and let me know what you think and did I convince you to buy one and do you think you will? I also like to point out that these are really really amazing um, patio planters so if you just wanted to buy one just to put in the center of a patio they patio planter they do get pretty tall they get probably close to about three or four feet some of them get a lot bigger than that some of them stay a little bit smaller but I would say three to four feet is about the average one that I've seen you can put in your pots. So they are great on patio planters and then you could just dig them up, store them, and pull them back out. It's perfect. It's like the best low maintenance house plant because all through winter you don't really have to do anything if you don't want to. Obviously you can keep it as a house plant but still. Okay that's all I have to say. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Candlelies. Thanks for listening to episode 58 of Houseplant Homebody all about the Candlelies. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this episode. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog page, you'll find it there. Also, don't forget to find me at Houseplant Homebody LLC on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. 
Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast, along with liking, saving, and commenting on social media. Odds are, if you like this podcast, someone else will too. I love to hear what you've learned from this episode or really anything that I'm doing and your plant experiences, so please share them with me because I love it. Also, you can help support your favorite podcast by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world to me, and I'm super excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. Also, don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for the brand new episode and blog post. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Well, hello. So I know this episode is a little bit late for the supporters, so I do apologize about that. Um, It's getting to the point where my migraine season is here. So it's kind of slowed me down way more than I would have liked it to, even with um, some help from medications or whatever for my migraines. It still is super weather dependent for me. So this past weekend in Wisconsin, it was in the 40s during the week. And then on like Thursday, Friday, it got up to the 70s. And on Saturday, it was almost 80 degrees. And then Sunday, it was still in the 60s. And then Monday today, which is when I'm recording this because I'm late on it, obviously, it dropped back down into like the 50s and it'll be in the 40s tonight. So my migraine's gone now because it dropped back down. So it really slowed me down this weekend. I like powered, I had a bunch of events if you guys followed me in my stories. I had a bunch of events this weekend, but I powered through them. I like took my medicines at the right times. So anyway, we're working through it. So I appreciate your patience and understanding with this because I am human. I do work full time. I'm obviously planning a wedding. We're getting married in a few months. So there's a lot going on. Um, But I, this is one of my favorite episodes because I absolutely love canna lilies so much. And I know they're not a normal houseplant, but you know, I I fell in love with landscape plants to begin with. And to me, this is kind of a landscape plant. So I love it. I really encourage you guys to at least try it in a planter outside one time. They're usually pretty reasonable at nurseries because they're pretty common and they're not usually like a rare houseplant or anything. People are using them in their nursery pots outside. So I really encourage you to grab one. Even if you get like a six inch pot, like a smaller one, it grows really fast. So it'll get pretty tall and decently full in almost no time. So you don't need to go spending a bunch of money on like a, a 10 to 12 inch pot one because I mean, it's going to get that size by the end of the summer. So anyways, that's what I got going on. Um, I know I've been a little MIA on Instagram and Facebook just because summer's rolling, we're getting busy. So I am doing my best and I promise I will continue showing up for you guys and showing good content. Um, But the next episode is going to be about rabbit's foot fern, which I've had several people ask me to do an episode on this. And I first wanted to go out and buy one and then have one for a while and see how it's went. So I've had mine for I think about six to eight months now, and it's doing great. So I can't wait to share some information on that fern for you next time. Other than that, I don't have a ton of other news. So let me know what you think about the Canley, though, on my post that I'm posting on Tuesday, because I'd love to hear about it. 
And if you have questions about the rabbit's foot fern, I will also be posting in my story on Tuesday. If you have any questions, you can put them there for the Instagram Q&A. Obviously, Kaylee's, we didn't really have any questions. Um, but for the rabbit's foot fern, feel free to leave questions or DM me if you have a question and I can save it as well. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you later. Bye.